Well, ladies and gentlemen, live again Monday afternoon from the Brooklyn Paper Building in beautiful downtown Brooklyn. That's America's downtown. Of course, it's Brooklyn Paper Radio with your host, Gersh Kunstman, along with Vince DiMaselli, the editor-in-chief of the Brooklyn Paper. I'm just Gersh Kunstman of the Daily News. That's the New York Daily News, still thriving in print and down to a buck, a down to a buck from 125. Oh, anyway, it's great to have that back there. I had to plug the Daily News a bit there. That's a big That's a big news. That dollar, that's a big difference. That quarter kind of kept me from uh, from picking up the paper sometimes because I didn't have it and what are you going to do? You don't want to dr- you don't want to break two you want to break a dollar bill. We we handcraft that newspaper for you. And it's a great paper and I I'm proud to work there every day. But Vince, we have a big show today. No, it's a tremendous show. And uh, right off the top, I just want to thank our sponsors, you know, uh, Atlas Steakhouse and of course the uh, the Brooklyn Spine Center. Yeah, you know, Brooklyn. I, yeah, I'll tell you a little about them later because my back is killing oh, me. Oh, man. We were putting this show together all you, freaking weekend. No, you work really hard. You do. And, you know, the, people think that, oh, they're just doing this off the cuff. They, they just you know, sit down. Yeah, they just sit down and they just do the show. But the, the reality is a lot goes into it. And a we lot. think about it all weekend long. And then you go to bed on Sunday night. And you're like, all right, we got it. We it's got all it. set. Like, every second is accounted for. That wasn't Sunday night, Vince. If you remember, we were on the phone Monday morning. Yeah, every second's accounted for. And then the next thing you know, something happens, and you got to hit the reset button. You pick up the paper, and David Bowie is dead. Oh, my God. So we got to throw the whole show out. I'm going to say, I've never been less prepared for a show. Than I am right well, now. Well, we're gonna get to the David Bowie. We story. gotta talk about it. We gotta bring it up. Maybe we'll play some songs. Jimmy, did you you got the David Bowie songs? I you asked got that you about little David Bowie mixtape that I gave you. Little China Girl, something. Yeah, little let's dance. All that. Let's dance. But something. We're gonna get to the whole David Bowie Jimmy's, in Brooklyn. Jimmy's a little quiet there. Because <laughs> David Bowie's legacy in Brooklyn is a vast one. But I first want to start in and tell. So I'm coming into the show, and I do this at the Brooklyn Paper Building every day in the lobby of the building. What's in the lobby of the building? Uh, there's an Aubon Pont. Aubon Pont. I don't speak French. You're better at French. So Vince, I was. I just came from back from Quebec. Anyway, Vince says, oh, can you bring me some nuts? Because he's always talking about it. He always wants my nuts. So I'm saying, all right. Not necessarily your nuts, Gert. I just want nuts. Well, I'm saying my in the sense of I'm going to pay for them, obviously. Well, yes. So here's the thing. I go down to the Aubon Pont. Comes back to me being a fiscal conservative. 2.6 ounces of nuts for $2.19. I'm looking at that package. It's not... (laughs) <laughs> There's not even enough nuts between us in that packet. <laughs> I don't know. So I say, you know what? Nuts to these nuts, Jimmy. Nuts to these nuts. I go down the street to Kim's Millennium. That's in the Brooklyner, which up until recently was the tallest residential building in Brooklyn. That's yeah, on Lawrence Street. They're selling mixed nuts. I got them right here. Can you hear that? They're selling mixed nuts for 0.41 pounds of mixed nuts for 4.92. So now I'm like, oh my God, I got to do the math. Jimmy, what is the thing about journalists? Not good at math. So I started doing it. And if my daughter is listening, she's at uh, Edward R. Murrow High School. Yep. Where she's struggling in math. Uh huh. We're going to be out front about that. She is struggling in math. Well, a lot of kids do these days, you know, with the common core and such. So 2.6 ounces of nuts for 2.19 versus 0.41 pounds of nuts for 4.92. Jimmy, do the math. What do you come up with, Jimmy? Off the top of your head, which is the better value? He doesn't know. He's just like sitting there nodding. He's smiling. I wish you could see that. I wish we had a camera on you right now. Turns out Kim's Millennium Market is the better value because Obon Pan's nuts are $13.47 a pound and Kim's Millennium is $11.99 a pound. So, Vince, enjoy your nuts. That's a much better enjoy deal. Enjoy my nuts. No, Here, I'm I got a little hazelnut. Anyway. I don't know. These, this looks like an acorn. What is this one? That's a hazelnut. That's a hazelnut? Anyway, we got to get out. I'm not a fan. The biggest story last week. Can you give us the morning papers uh, music? Because I want to introduce it that way. 
We're going right to the morning paper? No. I just like to play that whenever we're going to refer to something that is, was a big story in both the Brooklyn paper and Brooklyn Daily, mm -hmm. which covered the story in a controversial manner. Wait a second. Where'd you put the nuts? I moved the. We can't reach you in nuts. We're going to get the councilman on the phone. We'll, we'll offer him a nut in a second. All right. So we got to get Councilman Steve Levin on the phone. The reason being, the story was about all these yahoos in Vinegar Hill. Yeah, I said it, yahoos. If you can hear the sound of my voice, I'll give you the phone number, 718. I'm not so sure they were yahoos, Kirk. 718-260-4502. That's mm -hmm. our number. You can call in. We're live. Right, Jimmy? We're live. Yeah. There are a bunch of yahoos down in Vinegar Hill. They have kids, which is what these people are doing now. They moved to... Well, who's, who's, whose phone is going off? I don't know. I thought I shut that off. Sir, please, sir. Sir. I'm sorry. Anyway. Hey, Kirsch. I just heard that if you if you go... I just got tweeted this. Oh, yeah. Right now, live, Brooklyn Paper Radio. Just take oh, a well listen. Oh, well done. I'm glad you tweeted yourself. There you go. Anyway, I'm on the air. So, all these yahoos, they moved to Vinegar Hill. They're childless, Jimmy. And then they start having children. They're like, oh, I guess we got to send our oh, wait, kids... Wait, they, they moved to Vinegar Hill or did they move to Dumbo? Oh, Vinegar Hill or Dumbo. Oh, it's Dumbo. They moved down there. No kids, right? Double income, no kids. We call them dinks. And here, here's the reason we call Double them dinks. Double income, no kids. Here's the reason we call them dinks. Suddenly, they start popping out babies. One, two, three. Next thing you know, they're looking around. It's like, oh, is there a school in this neighborhood? Hmm. Right? Hmm. Oh, yeah, PS8. That's a great school. You should send your kids to PS8. That's the zone. The zone is for PS8, last yeah. I checked. Problem is, PS8 is woefully inadequate. It's overcrowded. And I know the principal over there, Seth, good guy, but he's got his hands full with babies, with your babies. Yeah. So anyway, PSA is the Brooklyn Heights School. City says, why don't we just rezone Brooklyn, Dumbo and, and Vinegar Hill and send those kids to PS307, the Daniel Webster School, just a couple no, blocks Daniel, away. No, Daniel, uh, Dan Daniel Hale. Oh, it's not Daniel Webster? No, no, Daniel Webster made a deal with, I believe it's the devil. Well, who the hell is Daniel Hale? You need me to look that up now? Yeah, I do. Mm -hmm. So while he's looking that up, I'm going to get Councilman Levin on the phone because he backed the city in rezoning it rather than forcing a, a showdown with the parents at uh, PSA. So here we go. Jimmy, I'm going to call out to Steve Levin. Let's you know do this that guy? Call. I've heard of him. Did you see, by the way, did you see how the Brooklyn Daily played? I mean, the Brooklyn uh, Courier played this story? How'd they play it? On the cover of the Brooklyn Courier this week, the headline was very interesting. Integrated. 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 That's integrated. a gutsy way to play oh, it. I guess well, let's so. see if we get Levin on the phone. Is he calling? Is he there? Let's see. Oh, it's just always, always very tedious when this happens. I hope he answers. Does he know we're calling? We said look, 440, is that right? I know, right? I'm calling a little early. I think, yeah, I think you might have uh, got a little ahead of the game. Well, who wrote the story? We'll get that person in here. Lauren Gill. Gilly. I Gil know we'll call him back at the right oh, time. Wait, wait, wait. Just give, just give, give it a second. Well, Let me, hold on. You might answer. Just tell him we're calling a little early. It happens. Well, I mean, it's live radio. Well, worse things have happened. I told you we threw the whole show out because of the Bowie. I thing. know. I have no. I don't know the next word out of my mouth. You might not be able Hi, to. this is Steve. Please leave me a message, and if my mailbox is full, please send me a text message. Oh, now nice, I like that. Have a great day. Let's see if his mailbox is. Full. Let's see. The mailbox. Oh, the mailbox. Oh. You know what that says to me, Jimmy? Goodbye. Can you hang up on him? Yeah, hang up, and let's not. You know what a mailbox, a full mailbox, says to me? It says you're disorganized. It says you don't have the guts to take your calls from constituents like Gersh Kunstan and Vince DiMasselli. Or it could say that you're a busy man. Could be busy. But let's just get. I'll tell you what. Let's get Gilly in get here. Get Gilly in here. Let me just dial out. Yeah, do you got Gilly's extension? Yeah. No, I don't, but I'm going to dial someone else. No, she's... Who are you calling? I'm going to call Allegra. Hello? Hey, hey, Allegra, can you send Gilly in here? we got to get Gilly in here. I will. I will do that right away. Yeah, tell her she's got to get in here. got to get in there. Okay, that was Allegra Hobbs. We're going to talk to her later. we got to get Gilly in here because... Hey, play the morning papers music. Oh, man. 
A lot of, lot of news going on there. There it is. There she comes. They all have Lauren oh, Gill. Lauren Gill. Look at her. Lauren Gill joining us for the first time. Lauren Gill, I'm Gersh Kunstman. And, of course, you know Vince DiMasselli. Please put on your boss. headphones. And as you know, speak into the microphone. Speak into the microphone. Lauren, how are you doing today? Say hello. I'm great. How are you? Oh, whoa, wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Wow. Hey, that's a little too enthusiastic for daytime radio, okay? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Lauren, you did a great story this week, which Vince played on the cover of the Brooklyn Courier. Headline, Integrated. Why don't you give us a brief summary of that story? Because we're going to get Councilman Levin on the phone in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, so basically um, PSA and 307, um, now they're all going to go to school together, the kids. Um, wait, wait, wait. They're all going to go to school together. Lauren, you're great, and you're, you're a great reporter, but this live radio thing is not going to work. <laughs> no. It's Start from the beginning. Okay. A bunch of yahoos and vinegar, ham, and started having kids. Go. Okay, so basically, PS8 is overcrowded. Uh-huh. Um, there's too many kids there. Uh-huh. That's P- kind of what overcrowded means. Let's yep. keep moving. Okay. PS307, um, there's room there. Okay. It uh, serves kids from the Farragut houses, so oh, it's a very okay. small zone. Mm-hmm. Um, so before this zoning change happened, and the city did okay the zoning change last week, uh, the kids in the Farragut houses went to PS three hundred seven, or many of them went to three hundred seven. Mm-hmm. But no, none of the kids in the in the neighborhood, the surrounding neighborhood, went to three hundred seven. They were they were zoned for PS eight in Brooklyn Heights, correct? Yeah, that's right. Okay, so now those kids that are in living in Dumbo that were zoned for PS uh, for PS eight in Brooklyn Heights are now going to be going to PS three hundred seven. So what's the big deal? He's asking the tough that's, that's question. you got to answer that. What's the big deal? You, yeah. So the why big is deal this on is the front page? The parents at a three hundred seven. We're not very happy because the Department of Education actually kind of sprung this on everyone. Um, they didn't they didn't take community input, and people felt left out. They thought that, you know, there should have been more discussions about um, sending uh, these rich white kids to, uh, Ooh, oh, interesting. you know, to Lauren, school. Lauren, Lauren you're, very young you're, you're very young and you're very naive. Mm-hmm. Who really is more angry? Don't you think the Dumbo parents? who have their property values invested in sending their kids to PS8, an, an exemplary school, don't you think they're upset that they're now going to be sent to 307? Well, 307 actually um, is a pretty good school. Hmm. Um, actually, a lot of people have been saying that they took that school. It wasn't doing that well. And, you know, the parents there have been working on it, and there's really good programs there. And I think, actually, the Dumbo parents um, were also just upset that their input wasn't taken when... Um, they were making plans for this rezoning. Take that, Gersh Kunstman. Listen, Lauren, you you just took that story and shoved it in my face. But you know what I got? I got the final word. I'm calling Steve Levin. Oh, is he ready I to go? You can stay see. here. You can stay here while yeah, Steve Levin. Oh. It's really interesting. Um, I Gersh, love when a young reporter. No, just... what, what you're missing out here is the the people that whose kids went to 307. Also, weren't happy with this move. It wasn't just the the, the yeah. people in. Uh, hey, you're the one who called it integrated. I think it's clear that... that uh... Hi, this is Steve. Please I mean, leave me a message. And if oh, my mailbox is full, Maybe you should text him. I'm going to text him. So you guys right. hang so up on him, Jimmy. Great this is day. ridiculous. Councilman Levin, if you can hear the sound of my voice, 718-260-4502. And let's remind everyone that the phone lines are open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so Lauren, so you threw that back in my face, and that's great. But as you know, I'm a white parent in this city. So as such, I have very strong opinions about how dumb my fellow white parents are. Really? Well, yeah, I, I do. I, I have very strong opinions. I have no idea where this is going. You, right. Your boss, Vince Maselli, headlined this integrated. Mm-hmm. How'd that make you feel? Did you think that was accurate? I mean, it's factually true. 
<laughs> Factually true so is the way who, to go with headlines. So, I can who, say that for years. so who was the integrator and who was the integratee is what I'm saying. In other words, who's upset? Who got screwed and who got abused? I, you know what? You want to answer that? The story 307 feels like, you know, they, they just were left out. And what do you mean of really the discussion? I think yeah. this, is, this is a classic case, Gersh, of decisions being made behind closed doors. And uh, when that happens, everyone feels everyone feels like they've been, you know, that that they've been screwed. Everyone, yeah, but, because but, they feel like mm-hmm. this decision was made without input from anyone in the community. Now, granted, when the decision first came down that they were going to do this, I guess in late August, early September, there were a bunch of meetings. Everybody got together, and you know, right. it was a big deal. I mean, it made national headlines, I believe. New York Times. Yeah, I think so. That's Look, national. if it's on the web, it's national. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. yeah. It was national headlines the second we put it on, on BrooklynDaily.com and BrooklynPaper.com. Exactly right. All right, so what are you getting at, Vince? You're getting at who's – so they had meetings, and all of a sudden everybody's upset because the parents in the 307 are saying, oh, you're going to ruin our school. We had a lot of room. We had, Yeah, you got room, and now there's more kids, so you got to take these kids. Mm-hmm. Where else are they going to go? It's a public school. It is a public school. Well, also true. another big issue um, with 307 was that, so basically the DOE um, said that they were going to set aside 50% of the seats for children in the zone that qualify for free or reduced lunch. Um, but in terms of the numbers, um, there would be too many children from PS8 in that area going into PS307, so... Uh, basically, to get federal funding for Title I funding for programs, um, they need 60% of the seats um, to be for children with free uh, reduced lunch. So this, I mean, basically by not setting aside a certain number of seats for children um, in the district that qualify for it, um, that they'll lose the number of seats that they need to qualify for this funding. Mm-hmm. Well, just so you know, here's lots how, here's how you lost me. Here's how you lost me. You threw a lot of jargon at me. And you didn't say what you mean. So tell me what you mean. Who's getting screwed? That's all I want to know. So I think um, it's, it could be problematic for everyone, but I think that parents at 307 are really worried that they're going to lose their funding uh, mm. because they don't have enough. That's right. All these rich qualified. kids are coming in. And right. the special yeah, funding yeah, and, and also, yeah, they're also worried that... Um, you know, they'll just be left out and so, people are just so, going to forget about that. So they're addicted to the poverty funding. Is that what you're saying? I'm just asking. I'm being provocative. <laughs> oh, here comes the councilman. That's Steve Levin. How do Levin. I answer that? Did it just hit, hit speaker? Hello? Hey, there he is. It's Steve Levin on the phone with us here at Brooklyn Paper Radio. Uh, councilman, thanks for calling in. Of course. Am I on the air? You are officially on the air. We don't waste any time. This is Vince DiMaselli. And, of course, you know Gersh Kuntzman sitting right next to me. Also on with us is Lauren Gill, who's the reporter who's covering this story down there in uh, Dumbo and Vinegar Hill and Brooklyn Heights. Now, just, just one thing, Councilman. While, yeah. we were, while we were waiting for your call, we were having a very spirited discussion. And I accused Lauren Gill, a great reporter who you know and you've worked with, I accused her of, of I don't know, what, what would you say? I was clouding the truth. So what is the truth of this issue, Councilman? You voted to allow, uh, to not rezone PSA, to have the Dumbo kids go to 307. What's the issue? Why isn't that good for everyone? What do I didn't? Okay, so let's, let's unpack it a little bit. Yeah, let's do that. Um, first off, I, I, didn't, I didn't vote. This is actually um, a decision that is made by an elected and appointed board, the Community Education Council of District 13. Good. Uh, this is one uh, important power that the CECs uh, have. Um, you know, the CECs are kind of this 
uh, an outgrowth of the old school boards that used to have a lot of power. CEC's one complaint was that they did not have enough mm -hmm. uh, power, but one thing that they've retained is the ability to uh, to draw zone lines within a district uh, or approve zone lines uh, as proposed by the Department of Education. Po point of information, Councilman. That's an elected body? It's elected and appointed. Interesting. So there, are, there are appointees of the borough president. There are elected members as well. Okay, so that's point one for Councilman Levin, right. point zero for Lauren Gill, who, who d didn't give me that information. <laughs> keep I going. I Lauren knew that. I know. Keep going. Yeah. Well, I didn't ask her, so okay. keep going, Councilman. Yes. Um, secondly, uh, you have to look – It's if you should look at a map of how these districts or these zones, you know, how they look on a map, and uh, it becomes pretty apparent um, just on its face that uh, something is very wrong with those zone lines in that uh, the PS8 zone is, is almost a full square mile, uh, and it extends from, I think, Atlantic Avenue at parts all the way up to Vinegar Hill. So if, you, if folks that's live in big. downtown Brooklyn, you know that that's a very large district. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, meanwhile, 307 is a tiny district. It's actually about, it's 0.02 miles. Well, but isn't the school smaller as well? Not really, no. Hmm. Actually, the building is uh, can hold a similar number of, of, of students. So there it is. They but got more capacity. Was there a lot more capacity. No, but was there a reason for that uh, from the outset? Because, I mean, PS307 is located next to the, the houses over there. And uh, it, it's also uh, back, I'm sure, when that zone was formed, not that many people lived in Dumbo, and it was all manufacturing. Right, but it, it, um, there's, I think that you're going back, I, you'd have to go back to, I think the 60s or 70s to when those lines were drawn. Hey, I go back so, to the 60s and 70s, Councilman. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I don't know how, how young you are. I don't think anybody's, you know, that's, that's actually working in, in uh, school planning right now for the Department of Education was actually there at the time. So it's, there's been a lot of conjecture as to what went into those lines in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, you're right. The population really wasn't there in Dumbo, but you still had all of Brooklyn Heights. And, actually, there's a, there's a, a, a section of Vinegar Hill, not a largely populated section, but... Mm -hmm section on the left where there were people living there uh yeah. their their residential houses along front street yeah, and, um, and down right yeah. and right, um we, well we got to get out of this part of it yeah here. so i understand the school 307 has capacity lauren gill has yeah. tried to explain this to me the bottom line is you put too many rich white kids in that school and suddenly that school gets screwed because they lose their title one funding that is a so the the, the issue of of losing title one funding is a legitimate concern Regardless of, of race, um, when it comes to uh, the the uh, uh, whether the children are qualifying for free or reduced lunch, which is the measure by which a school attains a Title I uh, designation, um, yeah, that's a legitimate concern. So um, now that's a that's a concern. That's a long-term concern. Right now, uh, the student body is I think either 80 or 90 percent. Uh, uh, qualifying for free or reduced lunch. So uh, there's not a short-term concern that that's going to necessarily change, but long-term, the zone is going to become is going to become uh, significantly higher income. Yeah, it's and, gentrification, uh, baby. Sorry? It's gentrification, baby. Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it gentrification per se because that the zone, it's, I mean, Dumbo has been, went from industrial to to gentrified 15, 20 years ago. Um, 
So it's not as if like the neighborhood all of a sudden is going through wholesale change. That's been a gradual change for a, you know over an extended period of time, and it went from industrial, you know, those industrial uh, uh, buildings down in Dumbo to uh, condos that went through those conversions, you know, since the since the 90s. And so, um, but but one thing that the Department of Education has done is guaranteed that once every zone child that wants to go to the school or or the parents want them to go to the school, once they're placed, then there's going to be uh, likely access capacity for quite some time, maybe maybe on an ongoing basis, but definitely for some time there's going to be excess capacity. Of that excess capacity, they want to ensure that 50% of those children will be uh, qualifying for free or reduced lunch. Thus, you know, making, ensuring that there's, that there's a, a, a ongoing mix of, um, of incomes so that, it's, so that it's not just entirely uh, taken over by higher income, children from higher income families. Okay, that, that all makes sense. But let's just get to the controversy here. Um, at the beginning, I guess everyone was upset because this decision was made without any input from basically anyone in the community. Was that the case at the at the very beginning of this, back, back in September? Well, you know, the decision wasn't wasn't necessarily just m- made in September. It was proposed. It was kind by of the sprung Department on of people, though. And, there, yeah. and then there's a process after that point. You know, I think that people certainly the 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 PS8 community was. Um, was was had engaged themselves mm-hmm. because there was a um, because there was an overcrowding issue in their in their school. So the Department of Education didn't necessarily do outreach to the PS8 community, um, you know, over the last year and a half. In fact, the PS8 community had plenty of complaints about the lack of outreach from Department of Education to their community, you know, in the preceding year. So really, going back. To to September of 2014, there was a lot of a lot of complaints and a lot of agitation over the lack of DOE um, uh, interaction with that community as it was facing this wait list and this overcrowding issue and trying to get clear information. So, so they were, you know, they they had they had become engaged not necessarily through outreach from the Department of Education, but because they were facing this crisis and they had to seek out the Department of Education. So. Um, you know those folks that were aware of that situation um, would have heard at these large open public meetings that the Department of Education was seriously considering a rezoning. They announced that back in November of 2014. Now, not a lot of 307 parents were there, obviously, but it was out there in the public sphere. So when they announced, uh, and then they had another subsequent public meeting in yeah, in, yeah, uh, there was there was the lots spring of and. We got to get out. Yeah. So end end game on this. Yeah. Now, at the beginning or before this all started, PS three hundred seven mostly kids, uh, you know, not from families that don't have as much money. Moving forward, we're looking at a lot more kids with uh, a lot more kids with you know that, that are a little bit better off coming into that school. Ultimately, is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What's your take? It's a good thing. It's, it's a, a good thing. thing. It's a all good right, thing but counselor for for, uh, for both schools um, because. PS8 is going to have some of their overcrowding relieved. It's not going to solve their overcrowding problem, but it's going to have some of that pressure relieved. Likely won't have a wait list anymore, which is a good thing. 307 has the capacity to grow, and ultimately, um, 
I think it's the, to the benefit of all of our children to have um, both economically and racially integrated schools. Okay, that's that, what I was. That's, that's what I was, a, That is a very good thing. I was going to get to that. So you you pick up your paper and you see Vince DiMasselli has put the headline bold seventy point font integrated. You you got to admit you spit up your coffee. You were like, oh my god, he did it. Well. Wait, sorry. So, what's the question? The question is, what do you think of that headline? Oh, I mean, I think it's a it's a very positive. I mean, I think it's a positive thing. Now, that that being said, I think that parents have to uh, endorse this, and they have to, um, you know, it's it's it, it all depends on parents from both Dumbo and from Farragut and from the District 13 community at large sending their kids there. I think that it'll have a, you know, we see really good. Um, very diverse schools throughout New York City. So I look at like PS 261 in Barm Hill. That is a fabulous school. It is it is incredibly diverse. I look at a school like PS 84 in Williamsburg. Excellent school. Also very diverse. And um, and so I think that that is and, and you know part, it's part of the school mission. And so I actually have a lot of um, a lot of faith in in this principal. Uh, there's a new principal. Her name is Stephanie Carroll mm-hmm. and. Uh, I'm really impressed with her, and I think that she's going to really take that on as part of the school's mission, so that it's so that it's going to celebrate its diversity. That will continue to draw uh, families from from all over, um, so long as they you know can get there, uh, and as long as there's space for the kids to go there. And and I think that this is really going to be a great success story moving forward. So I, okay. I, I have a lot of faith that this is going to that this in five years from now we're going to say, wow, this was really the right decision, because uh, that school is is going to be thriving. Well, i got to tell you something, Councilman. It's been a long time since I've spoken to you. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. It's been a good discussion, spirited discussion. Lauren, I think you learned a lot. Lauren, I think Lauren Gill's sitting here learned a lot. But last question, Councilman. This is the tough one. You haven't been on the show yet. It's Brooklyn Paper Radio. We always like to give you a chance. Plug something. What are you working on? What's the next time I'm going to need to call you and say, we got to get him on the show? What's the big issue? Hmm. Just out of the um, blue. Well, from there, just, just say, I, I, I think that Lauren has a really good, uh, grasp on all of these issues. Don't worry, really, Lauren's not getting fired. Really Come on, her reporting. That's so fine. That's fine. You can kiss in. our ass later. Um, but I will say uh, the couple things that I've been working on uh, on local issues, Brooklyn issues, um, Bushwick Inlet Park. That's oh. that's my big issue right now. Uh, making sure that we're getting uh, this administration to acquire the full park. It's been uh, a commitment that's been out there for. Uh, you know, about 11 years now, yeah. and it's yeah. time for the city to make good on its commitments. So that's my kind of local uh, Brooklyn issue. And then uh, more of a citywide issue that I've been focusing on is homelessness, because that is, uh, I chair the, the Council of General Welfare Committee and been working with this administration. And I think, um, you know, I think it's really important to note that this, I, I think this administration is doing a great job uh, on addressing homelessness. Well, hashtag de Blasio's New York is all I got to say. <laughs> but, he, you know, he, they inherited uh, a, a really challenged system that was that had been uh, chronically underfunded. The Bloomberg administration uh, really did a, a, a great disservice to the city on cutting funding for homelessness services uh, for a long period of time. And, we, and the issue is that it got really bad in their last few years but it wasn't the kind of thing that people saw um, because it was a lot of family homelessness or a shelter population had grown uh, significantly, but people weren't seeing it unless they themselves were forced into homelessness or somebody that they knew was forced into homelessness. They weren't really seeing it. So by the time de Blasio took over, um, you know, that's when we started to see uh, more signs of it 
on the street, and uh, and so then de Blasio gets blamed for the whole thing. But I think you know, they've been doing significant things. Uh, Steve Banks, uh, the commissioner of HRA that's really taken over looking at this issue, uh, has been doing a lot of innovative things. They're putting a lot of resources right, into you, it. So. Yeah, but you're, just, you're teaching a lesson to Lauren Gill right now because we're going to headline this little conversation Steve Levin to Bloomberg drop dead because he's. No. Yeah, oh, we're gonna do it. You just said it. You just said it. No, no, no. He, listen, that's in the past. I'm just. I think it's just important to look at the uh, the context because De Blasio gets blamed for a lot of things that he inherited, and, uh, okay. and I think that we need to give him an opportunity to uh, to show. It's it's uh, front page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay, it's De Blasio. A, boo, Bloomberg. I got a, it. It's a front page story. We're gonna write Lauren. Go out and write that. Councilman, you have been a pleasure to talk to. You always are. I, I direct our viewers and our listeners to that great video I once made of Councilman Levin's 25-year-old uh, car that he doesn't have anymore. So it's on BrooklynPaper.com right can now. I, can I tell you that um, you know my mom shows that to all of my relatives at every family function? Well, just, you keep me posted on, on whether they want to meet me up close and personal, if you know what I mean. Councilman Steve Levin on the line. Thanks a lot, guys. Got to let him go. Good Take guy. Take care. Thanks, Thanks for great calling. Reporting. Great reporting, Lauren. Uh, again, with the plug yeah. Lauren, Lauren, you cannot be credible anymore with that kind That's of kiss-ass dope. relationship it's with the Councilman. I hope he's not still on the line, Jimmy, is he? Because I'll tell you something, Lauren. You're a great young reporter. Don't get those stars in your eyes about these council members. They will always disappoint. Always. All right. Le- uh, we got to get out. Lauren, thanks we gotta for joining us. we got to pay some bills. Thanks, Lauren, get the hell out of here because you don't want to hear give this. Me my, Jimmy, give me my Atlas Steakhouse music because we're a half hour into the show and we are commercial free. There it is. Tell me about Atlas Steakhouse, Ben. Well, I want to tell you, Gersh, and everyone listening out there, that Atlas Steakhouse offers you a unique dining experience. You come inside to Atlas Steakhouse, you sit down, you choose your steak, and every cut is aged to tender perfection I'm on getting site. Ex- I'm getting excited. This is, this is why I love Atlas Steakhouse. Next, you're going to pair it with a, uh, a wine, a nice wine oh. from, you know, from their uh, extensive wine selection. You can get, there's lots of vintages. Vintages is the, the word I like to use. Or they have the Atlas Steakhouse Signature Cocktails. You, know, you sit down and you have one of those. Relax. Is it um, is it hard? I mean, is it difficult to order a cocktail? No, it's it's pretty easy. Okay. They'll just come over and you order. I'll have one of. The, there's a whole menu full of these signature cocktails. They're Great. all delicious. But you don't want to just jump into the steak, of course, right? No, you want to start with a succulent appetizer that the master chef crafts. Before you eat it. <laughs> Thank you. I don't want to. want to make sure he cooks it. Too. And then he's working on the steak, because the steak's cooking back there. Because you already ordered. You ordered the appetizers and the steak at the same time. Yeah, I and do then, that sometimes. Yeah, and now he's working on the steak. You're eating the appetizer. It's good time. Okay. No, it's it's great. And when your main course arrives, you'll understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, they're always a cut above the rest. That's Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Allen Avenue, and you can visit them online at Atlas Steak. Dot com. Well, look, Vinny, I gotta pay some bills too. Oh, really, Jimmy? I gotta pay some bills. You know, I got back pain. Oh, so wait, I want to know. Hello, it's me. Oh no, that's no, not it. No, Adele just walked in. Anyway, yeah. Vinny, have you ever had back pain, and has it ever kept you on the sidelines? Of I life? haven't had back pain. I had back pain in my twenties, and then it went away. Okay, well, I've had back pain, and it's left me unable to do the things that make me active and happy. And I'm talking about getting in the game. So what I'm thinking about is non-surgical spinal decompression from Brooklyn Spine Center, because that's going to get me back in the game. Spinal decompression has proven effective in relieving the pain associated with bulging and herniated discs, degenerative disc disease, that's what I got, sciatica, and even failed back surgery. 
They got a machine, it's called the DRX9000. It's a spinal decompression device. What it does is it applies a distraction force to relieve nerve compression. And that's the stuff that causes the low back pain and sciatica. That force, it's kind of a pumping action, allows the body's own nutrients to flow back into the affected disc and help revitalize that injured part of your body. Do you want to find out more, Vince? Of course I do. Make a quick phone call to Brooklyn Spine Center at 718-234-6207. You'll get an initial consultation with Dr. Melinda Keller. She'll determine whether you need the DRX-9000 or some other treatment. So that number again, 718-234-6207. You, of course, can visit the website at brooklynspinecenter.com. Brooklyn Spine Center is located at 5911 16th Avenue in Brooklyn, and they're very cherished friends of me, Gersh Kunstman. So bring it down, Jimmy. We got to go to our next segment. Wow, that was nice. Yeah. No, we are gonna. I gotta. I gotta give Jimmy props. I mean, I thought the music for Atlas Steakhouse was very good. I think we're gonna work on the. Uh, I definitely got aroused by the music for Atlas. Well, Steakhouse. that was that was pretty good. So I guess Vince, that's part of the charm. Do you remember a guy named Aaron Short? Oh, Aaron Short, Mister Excitement. We called him over here at Brooklyn Paper when he was a reporter. He was. He was the type of guy who just. Get, he would take a story and literally suck every bit of life out of it. I don't but know how he did it. The good news is he's now at the New York Post, and he wrote a story yesterday that I got to say should have been the front page. So I'm going to reach out to him right now. Jimmy, we're going to call Aaron Short. The interesting thing about this is I haven't seen the story. Oh, you didn't see the story? I I'm, gonna, to I'm just going to Google it. Well, we're going to have him talk about it. That seemed very loud. I hope we're not getting that chopping sound again. Let's get Aaron Short on the phone. Does he know we're calling? Yeah, he does. I always get nervous. Why? Hello? Oh, Aaron, oh, Short. Aaron Short. It's Gersh Kunstman and Vince DiMaselli from Brooklyn Paper Radio. How are you? Oh, that's right. I have to do this today. <laughs> well said. All right. Do you want to hang up? So, yeah, I can just hang up right now. Mm-hmm. Aaron, the reason I'm reaching out to you is you did a story yesterday in the in the New York Post. And I don't – look, I work for the Daily News. But I don't play favorites. Jimmy, I don't play favorites. If a guy's got a front-page-worthy story in the New York Post – I put him on the radio. That's what I do. So, Aaron. I didn't write the Sean Penn story. All right, good point. This story should have been on the front page. This was By the way, why didn't you write the Sean Penn story? I mean, crim- criminy. Uh, I, I don't know either of the There's no Brooklyn legacy for Sean Penn. But mm-hmm. Aaron Short had an exclusive in yesterday's post. South Brooklyn's orange tsunami. Arnis Moran. He's 53 years old. The guy has, he's the top ticket writer in New York City, in the whole city, and he works South Brooklyn. Aaron, did you follow this guy around? Tell us about this ticket writing machine. Yeah, I, you know, it's possible that we've never seen anything like him. He really is a, a one of a kind ticket master. What do you mean? He's got the record not only for last year, but of all time? Well, he did it this year. Last year, he was the number one foot traffic agent. And several years ago when you started as foot patrol, I, I think, you know, this guy's a talent. All right, so listen, um, Vince. And the city is, you know, I, I think they know it, but they haven't necessarily recognized Just to fill, Aaron, just to yeah. fill Vince send, in. you got to send me a link. I haven't seen the story. Just to fill Vince in. Yeah. Aaron is Morin. Uh-huh. He wrote nearly 19,000 parking tickets. Now, you do the math. That is 76, and I don't do the math, by the way, because I'm a Is this a, a traffic agent or a regular a regular cop? Uh, yeah, like traffic agent. Oh, traffic 76 agent. tickets per day. And Aaron did some other math. His salary is $36,000 a year. The number of fines that he has gotten into the uh, city coffers is 33 times his annual salary. He's doing well. He's doing so, well. He should, so get a, he should get a commission. That back in like 13 days. So I, so I got to ask you the tough question, Aaron Short. Is this uh, guy a good guy or is he Satan among us? I, 
I think he's just very efficient. I mean, you know, like it's like the movie the the RoboCop, right? Like yeah, RoboCop was a, was a while. No, uh, no RoboCop went that. RoboCop went went haywire and like shot up half of Detroit. No. Yeah. Let's find um, a different metaphor for this guy. Terminator. I mean, Terminator. There was a good Terminator and a bad Terminator. Which mm. one is he? I think he's probably the good Terminator because you're parking illegally. Uh, you know, right, so, and he's, he's coming in to terminate your, your parking techniques. Okay, so you follow him around a little bit. How, how does he do it? Or is he just... He's just Wait, Aaron went on the beat with this guy? Did you go on the beat we, with him? Um, no, no, we just tailed him. Well, that's what I mean. So what did it look like? Uh, well, he kept losing him. <laughs> the tailing. <laughs> did he recognize that you were tailing him? And, and he was like, oh, I gotta get out uh, of here. Yeah, the second time. The first time they did but you still like gave us a clip. So by you telling him, did he not do his job as well? No, I think he still did it fine. Like, look, I, I just wanted to make clear, like, we didn't necessarily witness him give, physically giving a ticket. We're you know trying what? to set that up, hmm. but that didn't actually happen. This is like the Heisenberg to... principle. Jimmy, you know about the Heisenberg principle? That if you try to observe something, in, inevitably right. you disturb it and can't observe it exactly. So if you're trying like to watch, what is this? Where the cat's both dead and alive in the same box? I don't know anything about I that. I never know what he's talking I, about. I, I, the thing about Aaron Short and Aaron, you've heard us say this. We've so said this it a thousand times. times. You say I stuff think, sometimes that oh, doesn't well, make like, any oh, sense like, at all. You know, like breaking, like breaking bad. No. Heisenberg now. I no. Get it. Okay. Again. I, I gotta hang up at this guy. Anyway, no, it was a great story, Vin, uh, Aaron. You you really should. But I still get to the bottom line. I think this guy and Vince DiMasselli knows. Vince's father was a police officer yes, for many was. years. What mm-hmm. was his What was his philosophy about parking tickets? He never gave a working man a ticket. Never give a working man a ticket. Yeah. So what do you think? This guy gives a working man a ticket? I, I think he gives people tickets who are parked like in the alternate side when they're not supposed to be parked there. Well, but they're parked yeah, allegedly he just, he illegally. He keeps doing that. Huh? Allegedly they're parked illegally. We don't know that until the court of law rules on it. Yeah. He's judge, jury, uh, and executioner, about, this guy. The thing about these kinds of tickets is that, you know, it has the time on it, it has a location, and you can very easily look up whether or not that car was parked in a spot. Okay. So, especially with all the cameras they have these days. So what percentage of this guy's tickets get, get overthrown on appeal? We, the city has not given us that. Oh. He told us they're very low. The average is, like, under 10%. I think it is pretty low. I think it's like probably, you know, under five percent. Most people don't even fight those tickets, do they? Right, and most people don't fight them. I mean, the guy knows where the streets are by by heart. Like he knows exactly where to go in each precinct in South Brooklyn. So, I'll when, tell you when it starts. He doesn't need help. He just has the map in his head, and he just goes there and he sits and he waits. And as soon as like six minutes go by after the all, right, there's a, there is a five minute out. grace period. Yep. Get up. Aaron, I got to tell you a funny yeah, story. Yeah, there, is, there is a five-minute grace period. He gives people like another minute. So no, he gives really them six. He gives, six he gives a grace period, grace period. Yeah, look at that. Aaron, I got to tell you a funny yeah. story. I once, I, we, I, hell we, of a chap. We Aaron, whose show is this? Whose show is this? Hold right, on a second. Right. I'm about to tell you a funny story. So, Vince, you know this story. Mm-hmm. I got. I always challenge parking tickets because I figure, what the hell. But one time I actually was in the right. That I got an erroneous ticket. Yeah. So I take some pictures, snapshots, blah, 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 blah. I print it all out. I bring it to the to the hearing officer. 
The hearing officer's blind. He's blind. He's absolutely blind. It's him, me, a seeing-eyed dog, and an assistant. Much like justice. Yeah. So I go in there, and I want to show him the pictures. So I'm like, humana, humana, humana. As you can see, I mean, as the pictures clearly show, Your Honor, you know, and I kept kept saying C. And so finally I go through my whole pitch, and he leans over to his assistant and says, "Uh, do the pictures show what, what he says they show? And the assistant says, yeah, Your Honor. And he bangs the gavel, case dismissed. And I walk out of there. The whole crowd is going, <laughs> the crowd's going crazy. Mm-hmm. How big was this crowd? It was me and my daughter. And Blind Justice was the headline in the paper the next day. Yeah. Blind Justice. Yeah. What do you think about uh, Joe Lentil's uh, bill that he wants to, whenever, they, whenever they're filming movies in, in, in Greenpoint, to uh, take like a like about like six block radius around it and get rid of uh, alternate side parking. What do you, what do you think of that, Aaron Short? So wait, the bill's gonna. I don't know the particulars. Gonna cut down the amount of space where you. Well, can if they're if they're filming a movie in the neighborhood, he wants to like take like a six block radius around where they're filming the movie, and say, all right, alternate side is canceled that day because they're filming the movie. What's your take? I don't think they need a six blocks to film a movie. No, 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 no. You just do it on, like, one block, and then that's it. Well, they're filming it on one block, but then they're taking six blocks around it and saying, all right, there's no alternate side because they're filming that movie, taking up spaces. No, I like that, Bill. Yeah, I see. What do you think, Aaron? Uh, does it help people who are parking in that area? It would allow those people to park when alternate side is actually in effect, but it wouldn't be in effect in those areas. That seems reasonable. What kind of question was right? that anyway? It obviously helps the people in that area. All right, here's my yeah, take. Yeah, no, that seems that seems reasonable. Well, I like Joe Lentil. No, I, you, know, you know what that's going to end up doing? Then a lot more people are going to be uh, they're going to be you know disputing these tickets because the cops aren't going to know about the six block radius. No, they'll have to have a database. Come on, Aaron, they're going to have to have a database. I think you got to talk to your cop and to your uh, <laughs> your walker and find out how he would know and not know. It, it seems like it seems like they're opening up a can of worms. Well, there. we got to get out. But yeah, before that, we do, that one's kind of tough. We yeah. got to get out, Aaron. You're a great reporter for the New York Post. Tell me what what do you work? Don't give me any exclusives, but tell me what you're working on for tomorrow. Give us a little plug of what we're going to read in tomorrow's uh, post. I don't know yet. You don't know yet. Um, it's five thirteen. It's five thirteen. What have you been doing all day? I got to call her. What's my day off? Oh, it's day off. Oh, well, there you go. All right. What am I doing all day? Well, Even, you know, reporters are on duty twenty four seven, as far as I'm concerned. Right, Vince, yeah. We got, yeah. I, mean, I love these nuts. We got to get no, out. No, these nuts are fantastic. Aaron, great to talk to you. Big fan. Um, you really suck the life out of everything, and I love that about you. Oh, man. I what? No, you suck the life out of everything. That's what you do. You're a reporter. It's like the world is one big bone, and you're sucking the marrow out. I took it in a different way, but I guess that's all right. Awesome. Aaron Short, hey, Jimmy, hang up on him. Maybe hang up on him, Jimmy? Yeah, I'm going to miss him. Take care, Aaron. We'll we'll talk to you again. All right, I love Aaron. I always did. No, hang up on him, I'm telling you. All right, I hung up on him. We did it. Wait, no. Who's calling? Is that a call? Let's see. No? No, it's not. All right. All right, anyway, look, guys, we got to get out. There was one more controversial story. Can we get the morning papers music again? Oh, I love it. Here it comes. There's too much of a gap. No, Jimmy's quick. There it is. All right, we got to reach out to one of our other reporters, Allegra Hobbs. I'm going to call her right now. What are we talking about with her? Gentrification. I have no idea. Allegra. Allegra, get in here and be on All Brooklyn right. Paper Radio. Anyway, here's the thing, wait. Jimmy. I'm very excited. This story is, well, I'm going to let her explain it when she gets in here, but this is about gentrification. There's no greater topic to me than gentrification. Sorry. Allegra, come on in. Have a seat. You're on Brooklyn Paper Radio, but before you talk, we're going to talk, okay? That's how it works. Put Just say hi. Phone. Just say hi. Hi. 
Oh, okay. very loud, very loud. Allegra's been on the show a lot. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm coughing because I've been eating these nuts. Allegra, and I'm out of coffee. Allegra, did you hear the part of the show where we talked about the nuts at Millennium Market, Kim's Millennium? I did not. I'm sorry. Okay, I was working good. on the story. You're not okay, one of ahead. the five, five listeners. All right, so that. Allegra was on top of a big story this week, and that basically calls for this. There was a gallery in Bushwick. Woman owns, um, guy owns a gallery. He wants to do a show, a gallery show, the 200 most influential artists in Brooklyn. Or was it people? Oh, no, people. People. Uh, there were several categories, yeah. 200 most influential people in Bushwick. Allegra, what ha- All hell broke loose. The guy just wanted to celebrate the greatness of a, of a burgeoning, developing neighborhood. What happened? Well, what happened is, uh, right, so he decided to host this event where he was going to announce the 200 most influential people in Bushwick. Uh, local activists and artists took to the Facebook page of the event, calling into question his mo- method of selection. They're like, who the hell are you to select these people? Yeah, you know, people? like, you're, uh, you know, an, an out-of-towner. You're an interloper. You... You know, arrived in Bushwick uh, and opened this gallery, but you're not a native. Uh, who whoa, are you? Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's slow it down. Whoa. Is he? What does that mean, native? How long has he living, been living in Bushwick? So he has been in Bushwick for ten years. Well, that's what a long time. That's in New York that, right? years. That's like seventy years. That's far yeah. longer than I've been here. Um, but well, uh, well, the kids, so what these activists <laughs> the kids, are saying, I mean, though? You're a kid. I mean, let's face <laughs> it. You're a kid. All right. So ten years he's lived in Brooklyn. He's got a fair representation of who he thinks is influential. Well, yeah, I mean, he he's haven't, he certainly thought so, or he wouldn't have hosted the event. But well uh, what these well artists were saying is, you know, they were born and bred, if not in Bushwick, then in the borough, and they feel that they have a more accurate idea of, you know, who the movers and shakers are in this community and who should be represented. So they were calling into question his selection process, how he was going about choosing these people. Um, All right, got her off. Yeah, it's a classic case, Gersh. Of, you know, things being done behind closed doors. And when all these things get done behind closed doors, people get upset. Again, you're going that way. No, I got a different take on this, Allegra. He's got his list of 200 people. And these other people who aren't on it feel like, well, who the hell is this guy? Well, Allegra, it's one man's opinion. You know, when he opens a gallery, he says, here's here's who I think is influential. (laughs) Well, but, you know, he uh, I think part of the problem was actually in the course of the dialogue was that he was saying, look, I'm just an artist. I just have an art gallery. I'm not a social organization. Yeah. But one I'm of the you know, the activists I were talking to were saying, well, no, you can't distance yourself from any social responsibility by saying I just own an art gallery. Okay, okay, but what happened art with the, culture? What the, but then it became a whole thing about gentrification. Thing. You're an interloper. And then there was this guy on the Facebook page who really ramped it up with saying, well, who the hell are you who've lived in the neighborhood who's to say that you're – and it became crazy. Yeah, it. I mean, some. It got a little out of hand. No, no. Um, I think we got to read some of it on the air because okay. I think I got to ramp this up. All okay. Right. No, let's ramp. So up. it's going to take a second while I call it up. But basically, it worked out to this. You ready? Yeah. Are you? I think so. <laughs> so this guy's name. Yeah. This guy's name. The guy who ramped it up was not the guy who owned the gallery. This is no. a guy named uh, Ethan Petit. Who, Ethan who, Petit. May I say really quick? Raphael Fuchs, who owns the gallery, has publicly distanced himself. Yes, that's person. exactly right. Subsequently. So, so Ethan Petit gets on the thing, and this this guy, is he has some credibility too because he owns a gallery in Park Slope, and he's done those TED Talks. Yeah. And hasn't yeah. Ethan, isn't he, uh, doesn't he, doesn't he post on Brooklyn Papers? Is he, is he the guy who posts uh, in the I've comment section? I've been told that he is a commenter of ours. Well, he's yeah. a guy. He's a guy. He he's owns a guy. He's so he's, he's commenting and he's going back and forth with this guy named Anthony Rosado, who's a lifetime Bushwick resident. One of his comments I just thought was just out of control. But Anthony, the bourgeoisie hipster artists are the game changers in Brooklyn and in Williamsburg. The more effective 
they're, they are more effective than the community activists by a long shot at upgrading a neighborhood. This is patently obvious. Most people don't just say it. I just did. Now, I give them big kudos for balls. I mean, just to well, post that on a public site, that takes balls. But, Allegra, what do you think? What do I personally? I, well, mean, I, don't, mean, I don't mean personally. I mean, as a journalist. I, uh, I mean, you know, it's it a public balls. forum. It took balls. He has the right to express his opinion. It did take balls. He has the right to express his opinion. But, yeah, but I think that it's blew a pretty insensitive thing to say to, you know, a group of people who feel disenfranchised, who feel like they're being run out of their own. You know, communities. But there we go again, Allegra. That, that was your own personal bias coming in. You got to admit that. Hold on. You asked, well. I asked as a journalist, and you you crossed the line. Oh, I crossed okay. The okay. Line. There was How a did line. she cross the line, Vince? Teacher. There's, there's Teacher a, lesson. There was a go, line. There I go. There's a line there, opinions. and she stepped over it. Yeah. yeah. No. Here's the issue, Allegra. Look, who owns a neighborhood? Okay. Who controls a neighborhood? Who lives in a neighborhood? Gentrification, for better or for worse, is the sole force in New York City. It's been that way, Jimmy, since the Dutch. The Dutch came in and gentrified the, the, the place out of it, out of the Indians. The British came in and gentrified the Dutch out. And it's been happening forever. The question is, who's to blame? Who can we say screwed over whom? And what what's the future going to hold? That's the question. Right. How do you well, control it? How do you steer gentrification? Well, and I, th- I think that it's good to engage in dialogue about these things. And I think actually part of the controversy was that this guy decided to cancel the yep, event. Yep. And, you know, the activists I spoke to and the artists I spoke to said, well, hold on. We didn't want him to cancel it. Right. We wanted to go to the event and have a conversation about this and see the people he chose and maybe make our own suggestions. And maybe he would have chose some, some local Bushwick natives, people living there uh, for 50 years. No? Possibly. We don't know. Who knows? Do we, do we actually not know? I, we don't know. We no don't know. Knows. Vince, no one knows you, you would have been on this I, list. I think we don't know. Well, there's no question I would have been on the list, but I don't even live in Bushwick. I, I remember. Howard. No, you remember when uh, our smart mom did the, the, like, she did like the Park Slope 500. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people. Yeah, no, I, I even made that list. And it, I, I think when you do 500, it just goes to show you she was playing it safe. You do 500. 500. Everybody's Everyone's on the list. Right? Yeah. Everybody's on the list. Yeah. I think, you know, you're going to put out a list. You're going to make choices. Hey, you, you 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 throw the dice and you let them land where they land. That's it. I mean, that's a nice dice metaphor. I have there. no idea what that dice <laughs> metaphor means. Are you trying to roll snake eyes? You're trying to roll seven. But I'm just saying, you, you throw something out there and, and, you know, stuff happens. And if people are upset by it, what are you going to do? But that's the thing. Brooklyn Paper, Allegra, you were part of this, did 16 to watch in 16. Well, yes, somebody had yeah. to trim that list down. Yeah. Now, Allegra, was that list inaccurate? Was it a bad <laughs> list? Who knows? It's one man, or in this case, Vince DiMaselli and his team's opinion. Yeah. yeah well. I mean, you know what freedom of the press is, Allegra, right? I do, yeah. What is it? What it's the what it's the No, it's the, the free freedom of the press is is the the person who owns the printing press has all yeah. the freedom he wants. That doesn't mean it can be objective, it's whatever he or she wants to write. Gutenberg was the first one. He said, I got a printing press. I'm going to print a Bible. That's it. Bible, baby. So we don't well, have to uh, do that. Maybe this guy will, you know, give it another go. Yeah. Allegra, while you're here, and yeah. I got to say, great story, and you're doing a great job. No uh, question about yes. that. You had a big story, though, even bigger than the gentrification, the uh. whole sweet and low closing. Now, yeah. I go way back with Cumberland packing, ba- way back to the 40s and, and 30s when the, they invented artificial sugar. Yes, they did. Right here in Brooklyn. My mother, Allegra, God rest her soul, she's still alive. Uh she always had sweet and low, even when they came up with Splenda, even when they came up with Nutria and Stevia and marijuana. She still uses sweet and low. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how loyal she is. So what's going to happen? How many she people are going to lose their job over there? Loves the pink 320. Uh, 320 men and women. They're, they're yeah. still making sweet and low. Where are they going to make it now? Uh, well, I mean, I imagine they're going to. You don't know where they're moving You don't to? know where those jobs are going. They're they going to know. Mexico. They don't know. 
Um, Canada, they got, they're still making it, right? They're not, they're not, they're not going out of business. No, they're still going to make sweet. And I mean, their main thing. And what about sugar in the sugar, raw? Sugar in the raw is their, yeah, that's their main product now because everyone knows now that sweet and low. You know, I don't want to disparage sweet and low on the air. Actually, maybe. I well, what are you I'm saying? You're trying no, to I'm say saying, something. I'm not going to. <laughs> There's been rumors that sweet and low causes cancer. Think, is that what okay, you're saying? Okay, there goes that. What? That's oh no, that's saccharin. They've been saying that for years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Guys, anyway, so we got to get out. Beside the point, but that's what they're making now. Laboratory animals. Listen, you give a laboratory animal enough of anything, it'll get cancer. I've been having. Allegra, just so you know, I drink six cans of Diet Coke a day. I got so much cancer in me, I look like a lab rat. Yeah, you're like begging for kidney stones. Okay, here's the thing. Allegra, we got to get out. That plant, that plant, (laughs) I am begging. He is. Allegra, that plant has been next to the Brooklyn Navy Yard for how long? Uh, since World War II. Yeah. About well, years when ago. was that? Who knows when that was? Oh, Jimmy, do the math on that. It's like 70 years ago. Yeah. And now they're just going to say, you know what? Screw it. We're taking our sugar-coated jobs to Mexico or China or, or the Middle East. I don't know where. You can't import sweet and low. Actually, you can. It's pretty I, easy. I'm you put not, it in packets. Yeah, I don't know. What's going to happen to those 390-something people? We don't. I don't know, and I don't think anyone does. Although no. the, You're I mean, asking Cumberland, the wrong Cumberland yeah. released, you know, they put out a statement, and they say that they will help any displaced faculty workers find new jobs who would like their assistance. They've made that statement. Oh, so well, let's, let, I'd like that's to, what they say. Yeah, I'd I like mean, you to track every one of those jobs. Because I'll tell you something. That's next the thing year, I have to, right? That's my next job, year, yeah. you're going to get a very good story out of that. It's going to be yeah. one, two, three, all the way up to 392. And that's going to be unsweet and very low. Right. Uh, there you go. I just gave you a We headline. already have the lead, you so you know, i got to write it. All right, Allegra, we got to get out. Great Thanks job. Thanks for joining us, yes. I really feel bad about that sweet and low thing. And I I can't believe you don't know. Put the headphones back on for a second. I can't believe you don't know where those jobs are going. That is question number one. We got to find that out. Can you get back to me? We got to find out. Yes. 4502. Go out and find out and call me back. I'm going to find out. We got to get out. We got to get out. Jimmy, Jimmy. you got to give me my my Atlas. We got to pay some bills, Jimmy. My Atlas music. Because I'm expecting a phone call, Allegra. There she goes. Yeah, she's going. We got five minutes left, Jerry. Do it. Do it. Pay some bills. And with five minutes left, I want to tell you about Atlas Steakhouse. I'm getting excited again. You could dine a cut above the rest. Select your premium cut, aged on site for optimal texture and taste. Enjoy delicious vintage wines, expertly mixed cocktails, and signature appetizers while Atlas Steakhouse crafts your choice. Cut. Choice cut. (laughs) Into a custom culinary masterpiece. My mouth is watering. It's literally watering. <laughs> I, can see, I, can't, I, I, can't, I can't hold it. You, you seem so hungry. we got to like, get some dinner. I know. Listen, complete your dining experience with an exquisite signature dessert, and you will understand. At Atlas Steakhouse, you will always dine a cut above the rest. Where is Atlas Steakhouse? i got to get there Atlas right now. Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue. It's over there by 18th Avenue. You can find them online at Atlas Steak. Dot com. Can you give me a little fade? Can you fade that, Jimmy? Yeah, but can you fade up? Because i got to pay some bills here, too. Fade it out. Let's see. Can you fade the other one oh, up? Oh, that was nice. That was nice. Vinny, has low back pain kept you on the sidelines of life and unable to do the things that make you active and happy? Sometimes. Sometimes. Well, I bet you were thinking, I'm going to have to have surgery. I'm going to have to have back surgery. Gladys, I'm going to have to have back surgery. I need to have my back. No. Non-surgical spinal decompression is available at the Brooklyn Spine Center. Spinal decompression has been proven effective in relieving pain associated with bulging and herniated discs, degenerative disc disease, which I have, sciatica, which my brother had, and even failed back surgery. They got a machine. It's called the DRX-9000. It's a spinal decompression device. What does it do? It actually uses a distraction force to relieve nerve compression. 
That force, it's called a pumping action. It allows the body's own nutrients to flow back into the affected disc and help revitalize it. You want to know more, Vinny? He's not even listening. You want to know more, Vinny? Of course I do. Okay. Well, you better call Brooklyn Spine Center at 718-234-6207 to schedule an initial consultation with Dr. Melinda Keller to determine if you're a candidate for that DRX-9000. If not, she's going to treat you another way. She's got alternative methods. The number again, 718-234-6207. And you can visit the website at brooklynspinecenter.com. And they're at 5911 16th Avenue in Brooklyn. And Vince, I got to tell you something. I would be remiss if I didn't say I want to have that Dr. Keller on the air. I got to have her on the air. Yeah, we got to do that. I've been saying that for the last few weeks. And you, know, we? you know, I also, I got to get Les Goodstein on the air, our, our, our big boss here. Oh, yeah. The big boss man. Yeah, he's got to get on here. Les, his lovely wife, Jennifer, they should come on. Les, if you can hear the sound of our voice, the number, our we phones are still open. We got you know, to thank him for you know, giving us this opportunity, which uh, we just love to do it every week. 718. 718- Two six zero four five zero two. We are in the waning moments. I'm going to reach out to Allegra one more time just to find minutes, out if she got that three answer for us. To go. Is that really that's what we're doing? I'm going to call her. You ready, Jimmy? No, oh, she must want to go get a coffee. Hello, it's Allegra. Hey, hey, did you go get a coffee or something? Are you still you there? No. Oh, okay, great. So, so where are those jobs going? Where are the where are the workers going? Are they leave the factory? No, where are, where the, are the jobs? Sweet and low- okay, listen. They say they're going to domestic co-packing companies. They're going to take over all production. I don't know what that means. What is it? Well, what's domestic, domestic co-packing? Look, I will find out. That sounds to me like they're going to. They're basically. They're not going to be doing making it themselves. They're going right. to be making it in other places. And well, it's going it to certainly be won't be in Brooklyn. Well, in, in places where they're actually making other sugar and sugar yeah, replacement. Yeah, I got to tell you something. This this sounds bad. This sounds like Sweet and Low is not going to have the same secret flavor that my next, mother loves. The next big question, Allegra, is what's going to happen to that property? What's going to happen to that uh-huh. land? That, right. That and how tall will the building be and where will those kids go to school? If, yep. if that building on Cumberland next to the Flushing Avenue, if that building isn't a minimum of 90 stories, you have failed me, Alexa, Allegra. <laughs> Did you know someone named Alexa <laughs> I did. at some point? I did. I always call. Listen, Allegra, you're doing a great job, but i got to hang up on you. All Listen. right. Vince, yeah. it is a pleasure to do a show with you. I'll tell you why. Why? Monday, 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 no matter how cold, I leave the show. You go to Atlas Steakhouse. I go to the Left Rack Center in Prospect Park. I play a little hockey. Last week, it was so cold, I got frost nip. Not frostbite. Frost nip. I still feel it. Mm. Go to play some hockey. Vince, what are you doing? I'm going home. I'm having dinner and I'm getting some sleep. There you go. Well, Vince, great. I got doing. my new Apple TV. I got the new Apple TV. I'm going to play uh, that chicken game. We yeah, right I don't across care. The street. I don't care. Anyway, Jimmy, we got to get out. We got to get out. Let's get a little of those filthy animals out of Bushwick. Oh, we love them. Great show, Gert. I'm stretching. Great show. Where's the music? Where's the music? I'm going to have a little some nuts. You want some nuts? Thanks Vince? for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Those are nuts. Brooklyn Paper Radio. How do you like these nuts? Delicious.